You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. Gregor, as we get closer to spring training, we are going to focus in on the Blue Jays infield this week on the podcast. It's a, a spot that's obviously changed a bit since 2016 when you look at the right side and, and particularly first base, obviously. But before we dig our teeth into that, we got to look at the outfield quickly because as we record this, uh, I guess the ink is not yet signed yet, but Jose Batista appears headed back to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, how did this come about? Because it seemed like it wasn't very likely a couple months ago. Yeah, it really took a long time to get to this point. There's no question about it. And really, in a lot of ways, this wasn't plan A, B, or C for the Blue Jays. I mean, they, they the first priority was to re-sign Edwin Encarnacion once they realized that wasn't going to happen. Uh, they tried to move on to Dexter Fowler, and, and that didn't work out either. And, and eventually, here we are in the middle of January, and the Blue Jays are still looking for a middle-reorder type bat. They had at least one hole, possibly two in the outfield. And Batista was the best player available um, by quite a long stretch. And, and from Batista's standpoint, I don't think he ever really wanted to leave town. I think he was the one who was hoping that this would work out all along. Uh, but certainly his first priority was to get a multi, multi-year deal somewhere, multi-year guaranteed deal somewhere. Um, and his market never really developed quite as expected. And so he found himself still looking for a deal this time as well. And it really is a situation where, uh, both parties didn't get what they wanted done early on. And here they were, and they were still ended up being a perfect match. And it, it still could end up being a win-win for both sides. Now, it's a one-year deal with, I guess, it sounds like mutual options at this point. Um, do you see that coming to fruition? Or is this likely a situation where Batista is going to be in Toronto for one more year, and then we'll see from there? Yeah, I think this is both sides are really approaching this kind of as a one-year deal. I mean, mu- mutual options rarely ever um, get picked up um, by both parties. Um, you know, I think it allows both sides to save face a little bit. Um, but I think for the most part, this is this is going to be a one-year deal. And uh, then you'll have a situation where next year where Batista will be able to, to re-enter the market. And, um, you know, last year he was, as we touched on before, he was coming off a bit of a down season. And if he can, if he can get back to his 2015 uh, level, I mean, he's not going to be keep playing forever. He's, he's in his late 30s, but he still has an opportunity um, to, to hit the market again next offseason and get that uh, multi-year deal he was looking for. So they won't get a draft pick as compensation for Batista as he signs, but they still get the one for Encarnacion still. So a good situation as far as the draft goes. Were they really hoping, though, to have those two extra first-rounders? Well, I, I think one thing that they really wanted to do this offseason that they that they didn't really get accomplished was they did want to get uh, they did want to get younger. They wanted to get more athletic, uh, and they wanted to get a little bit more speed, and they wanted to get uh, more from the left side of the plate. And, and you know, for the most part, you know, this offseason was supposed to be the big period of transition. But you know, if you look at the roster, with the exception of swapping out Edwin Encarnacion for Kendrys Morales, I mean, this is a roster that is mostly intact and. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you know, this team obviously went to the ALCS two years in a row. They're not getting any younger, but there is still a window of opportunity for this current core. And so I think maintaining the course for a little while longer, to me, that's what made sense all along. Um, and it's going to take time to make that next transition. And so that's where one, one of the draft picks will come into play. Uh, I'm sure they would have loved to have had a second one. But to me, there's just uh, way more value in having uh, Batista and everything he brings 
uh, to a team that expects to contend in 2017 as opposed to taking that extra pick. Yeah, keep this window open as long as you can before shutting it and, and looking ahead to the next window for sure. All right, let's focus in on the infield. And it's obviously an infield that, that has some star power, but not quite as much as it did in the past. Let's go left to right because no better way to start than, than the uh, 2015 most valuable player in the American League, Josh Donaldson, who was almost as good in 2016. I mean, he was right there again. Um, every reason to believe that this guy is going to be an MVP-type caliber player for the next several years? Yeah, and, and I mean, you look back now, the last four years, he's finished top 10 uh, in the MVP voting, dating back to his final two years in, in Oakland. And, uh, you know, the one thing that you can really depend on, or at least the Jays hope you can depend on, is this is a guy who's been able to answer the bell pretty much every single day. I mean, he's been in, I think, 154, uh, at least those games in each of the last four years as well. Very, very durable. Uh, someone who's been able to play through injuries when they do pop up, and uh, obviously the Blue Jays will take anything close to that. And then in terms of production, there's no reason to expect anything else. I mean, Josh Donaldson is now a proven hitter. He's one of the, the obviously the most valuable players in all baseball and I'd expect more of the same in 2017. When you look at shortstop, there's a guy that was once upon a time a most valuable player, type of player in Troy Tulowitzki. Um, in his time in Toronto, since they got him at the deadline back in 2015, he hasn't really played up to that level, but he's still a very good player when he's healthy. Is that the biggest issue with Tulo somehow getting him so he's in the lineup 140 times this season? Yeah, that that's certainly uh, one of the main issues. And then, you know, even, even last year, for the most part, he was able to stay out. He, he still had that one stint. Um, but especially after he came back from that, he, he was able to put together a decent season. But, uh, you know, the, the tale with him, I mean, everybody knows that you're going to get the gold glove caliber defense. Um, that's there. That's as, as consistent as it gets. Um, but we've really seen, you know, two different sides of Tulewitzki at the plate uh, since he joined the Blue Jays in Toronto and, uh, you know, last year he got off to that very, very slow start where it, it really looked like he was totally lost in the plate, and there was some legitimate questions about whether or not he was going to be able to get it back. I mean, he just did look that bad for, for a pretty long stretch. But then, uh, you know, later on in the season, from, from the middle of May on, uh, he really turned things around and, and started to show uh, you know, the Tulowitzki of old, not quite at that level that he was at in Colorado, but still a very plus bat. Um, and the Jays are going to need more of that latter uh, stages to, to really come through this season, uh, especially if they're going to bounce back after you know somewhat of a disappointing offensive performance in, in 2016, despite of all, all of what they accomplished. And, and you replace that Encarnacion with Morales, someone else is going to have to come up and, and step up. And, and, and Tulewitzki does have the talent to be that, that guy. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much upside there is left in that bat. In 2016, because of injuries, uh, Toronto started the year at second base. They had Ryan Goins, Darwin Barney, uh, and they were just kind of waiting for Devin Travis and hoping that Devin Travis would be the guy that showed sparks of being great in 2015. Uh, now you got a full season coming of Devin Travis, and he's going to have a full spring training. How important is that for him? That's going to be big, and, and, and staying healthy is, is going to be similar to, to Lewitsky. It's going to be very, very big for Devin Travis and, and very big for this team because – um, the Jays don't have a prototypical leadoff type guy. Uh, they tried to slot Batista in there last year. I think ideally they'd move him down into the middle of the order, and, and that opens the door for a guy like Travis. And, and he, he auditioned in that role for a while last year, um, did very well in it. And, and then I think a lot of people saw uh, what happens to this team when he's taken out of the lineup. When he, when he left the game in game one against Cleveland, uh, that you know really weakened the rest of that entire lineup, uh, caused some changes to be made. Um, and so he's he's at this point in time he's a he's a proven bat. 
um, even though he doesn't have a ton of service time at this point. I think, but for the most part, I think people know what to expect from him as well. It's just a matter of him staying uh, healthy on the field and, and uh, having the time to actually show that. And that brings us to first base, which is the biggest difference from 2016. Instead of Edwin Encarnacion, you're going to have you have Kendrys Morales, you have Justin Smoke on this roster, you have Steve Pierce as well. How do all those guys fit into the first base DH role? Yeah, well, Morales, they're, they're going to look as, as a full-time DH. I think very rarely are you going to see him ever play the field. They might, they're obviously going to have to get a little creative during any play, but outside of that, I wouldn't expect much. And So this is that first base is really going to come down to a platoon with with Smoke and C. Pierce. And, and I think the Jays are pretty comfortable with what they're going to get from Pierce uh, against left-handed pitching. Um, to me, the big question is whether or not Pierce is going to uh, force his way into getting some playing time against righties as well. And really that all comes down to, to how well Justin Smoke starts the year. I mean, the Blue Jays uh, put a lot of faith in Justin Smoke uh, around the All-Star break last year when they gave him a, a two-year extension uh, that really kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it wasn't really expected whatsoever at the time, but uh, they brought him back on, on that two-year deal, guaranteed him an extra two years. Uh, and he's someone who's had, he's had an awful lot of trouble making contact. I mean, the, the power is there. Uh, I guess you could say the upside is there, but you know, he, he's not a young guy. He's someone who's who's tried to put it together at the big league level for a very long period of time. And so uh, if he starts off well, he'll secure that job. Uh, if not, then Steve Pierce, if he's able to stay healthy, might become a little bit more uh, than just a platoon player over at first base. So with Smoke and Pierce at first, and Morales obviously is the DH, you look at the bench here. Is there room on this 25-man roster for Ryan Goins and Darwin Barney, or is that a bit of a battle in spring training? Yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be, and, and I think this is shaping up to be a, a pretty long year for Ryan Goins. I mean, it seems like Darwin Barney is going to be that utility uh, infielder for this team. Um, that was his primary role last year as well. And then when he signed a deal to avoid arbitration, that, that really kind of uh, eliminated any of the lingering questions, I think. And uh, Ryan Goins is looking at this team right now, and he's going to need an injury to make the roster. And, and, you know, certainly we've seen before guys entering spring training uh, without, you know, a guaranteed job. Something happens and they find their way onto the roster, and, and it's not that big of a deal. But if everyone is healthy uh, by opening day, um, you know, I don't really see any other scenario but Ryan Goins um, having to go through waivers, and I, and I think that's a situation where the Blue Jays would certainly hope he clears uh, because they need to have some depth in the upper levels in the minor leagues, and Goins is a guy who was used to going up and down uh, between those levels. So it was a nice luxury to have. Uh, it's not going to be quite so easy for the Blue Jays to treat him in the same way uh, in 2017. Yeah, that's kind of a dangerous, uh, as far as waivers go, nerve-wracking process for the Blue Jays, right? Because, yeah, maybe there's no time spot for him on the 25 right now, but when you talk about depth and, and injuries, which are inevitable, there's not really anyone else. They kind of need him to be able to go down to the minor leagues. Yeah, exactly. And it, it puts a player in limbo, too, for a long time. I mean, that's uh, you know, there's been a few players here over the years who have who've had to go through that waiver window multiple times in, in one season, and it's never never pleasant, but uh, particularly for this organization. I mean, that's just the exact role that Goins has had for a long time where he's, he's been that guy, that glue guy, that 26th man who's been able to go up and down, and uh, when you take those options away from him, it makes things a, a lot tougher, and in this case, a lot tougher on both sides. All right, great stuff as always, Gregor. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. Next week, we'll tackle the outfield, and of course, we'll talk more about Jose Batista when we get to the Blue Jays outfield a week from now. All right, for Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in.
MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details.